Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast, where I talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now. Here in Season 3, we look forward to hearing from alumni across the globe about how Franciscan University has impacted their life and the lives of people around them. I'm your host, Christy Fleming, Class of 2010 and Director of Alumni Relations at Franciscan. Thanks for joining Legends from the Hill podcast. Today, we're excited to have Bob Hogan on the podcast. Bob is a 2010 graduate who studied philosophy with a business minor. After going to law school and years of working at a law firm, Bob has recently started a pro-life insurance company. We're excited to hear more about his experience and his new endeavors. Bob, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. It's so good to be here, Christy. Thanks for having us, having me on. I, I love Franciscan, and I'm happy to share a little bit about my experience there here today. Great. Well, I can't wait. So let's begin with the very beginnings, going all the way back. Where are you from, and how did you decide to come to Franciscan to study? I'm originally from, well, since I was four years old, I've been, I've lived in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, suburbs of Philadelphia. And I, I grew up actually with my my roommate from freshman year uh, as a Franciscan alum too. And he had some older sisters that were at Franciscan. So growing up, I heard a little bit about um, Franciscan. Um, we weren't very close, but I remember he came up to me after church when we were in high school and he said, there's this there are these summer conferences, would you, you know, I'm kind of looking for a buddy to go with because our church wasn't putting together groups. So we had to go to another church and he didn't want to be the only person, you know, going that, you know, he wanted to have sort of a buddy. So I, I went with him to one of the, you know, the Steubenville Youth Conference in Steubenville um, and had a wonderful experience there. And when I was, um, you know, applying to, to colleges, I had discerned, I thought I was going to be a priest. So I applied for the pre-theologate program. Okay. And uh, applied to seminary. And I wanted to keep my options open. So I so I wound up wound up, you know, at Franciscan and and boy, thank God it was a it was a wonderful experience that I had there. Yeah. Okay. So did you end up doing pre theology there or No, so no. It, okay, so messy maybe I shouldn't have maybe I shouldn't have opened that can of worms, <laughs> but I wound up having a, a girlfriend senior year of high school. So I was like, well, I can't go to seminary, so I, 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 you know, went to Franciscan, dropped out of the pre-theologate program. But it, I mean, it was, it would, I, maybe you know, in hindsight, it was probably, you know, there's probably some divine providence there because I was a philosophy major, which I don't think I would have done hmm. if I wasn't, you know, already on track to do the philosophy program. Uh, but but sort of being lined up in the pre-theologate program, you know, started me off on that trajectory, and I love my philosophy classes. And I thought, I'll stick with these and see what it's all about. Yeah. Okay. So you did end up sticking with philosophy the whole four years. I did. Yeah. Despite despite some. So I remember going to Professor Harold. Dr. Harold was um, my advisor. And he said, um, unless you're going to be a philosophy professor or a priest, you should declare a different major. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> he knew. So be like very, very pragmatic. Um, so I, so I, I wound up getting a business uh, and marketing, 
um, like minors as well. Okay. All right. So did you know what you wanted to do or you were just like, I'm going to do philosophy and figure this out? I was, I, you know, I was pretty apathetic or yeah, I guess apathetic is the right word. Um, I just like my philosophy classes. And I think that was something, you know, being at Franciscan University, maybe it was just naivety. Maybe it was, you know, maybe it was sort of a, um, some sort of wisdom, but being around so many people that were just pursuing truth and beauty and goodness and holiness, I just thought, I, I love this, you know, something good will come of it. Um, again, maybe you know, a little naive <laughs> as a college student um, to think that way. But yeah, towards the end, you know, I had to make some hard decisions. Like, man, am I really going to do this? I'm about to get a philosophy degree. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> And people had told me law school, you could do law school because you just, you know, sort of just need a well-rounded education to get into the law school. And I thought maybe I should be. I remember in like, you know, third grade, I'd argue with my teachers a lot. And they would always, <laughs> you know, tell me I should be a lawyer as sort of like a, a snip. Um, <laughs> but I started, I started thinking about law school and then I was like, you know what, let's try law school. I could do that. Okay, great. So that kind of evolved with your philosophy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philosophy does wind up being philosophy, history, English. Um, they kind of wind up being good prerequisites for, mm -hmm. you know, general school. Totally, education. yeah. Learning how to think and learning how to, yeah, be a, a good, reasonable human being. Um, yeah. So what yeah. else was your student life experience like when you get to campus? What did you get involved in and what was interesting to you? So right, right when I got to campus, I was with, I, I remember hanging out with a lot of different folks from a lot of different households. Um, I remember one of the hard things, like first week of school, probably, I remember being up at like 10 o'clock at night and there was a group that was going out for a rosary walk. And I just remember thinking like, I guess you like have to say no to some good things. <laughs> like, to actually, like it could actually be good for you to say no to like all of these amazing things that you can take part of. Um, but, but I wound up doing, um, so, so in terms of like involvement, what I did on campus, um, I went out for the rugby team right away. Cause I just thought it would be cool. And so one of the guys I looked up to went out for the rugby team and he, he quit after the first practice, but I was like, I'll stick with it. Oh, so wow. I wound up playing rugby, uh, being on, you know, on the, on the rugby team, um, was in, uh, Servants of the Savior household. We, you know, they're, they're the jumpsuit household, if you remember Servants of the yeah. Savior. At least they were when I was there. I think, they st I think they probably are still wearing jumpsuits. Um, just a great group of guys that I kind of got close with uh, freshman year and ha had a couple of instances where they kind of called me on the holiness and I was like, wow, this is really, these are my brothers, you know. Hmm. Uh, but was very fortunate that I, um, I, I was kind of on the fringes of a lot of different circles, mm -hmm. uh, social, social circles. So I got to experience, you know, sort of the, the full beauty of, you know, a lot of different um, households or student life activities. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Those are good, different things too. household sports. It's a good mix of meeting different people and being involved in different parts of campus. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to, to get involved in, Chris. So I did, I did music ministry as well. So music ministry was another one I sort of dabbled in, but we, I was in like some student bands and that was another great, you know, opportunity to meet different people and, and hang out with and share talents in different ways and, you know, try to glorify God in little ways. Right, that's amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So you're just all over campus meeting lots of people, doing lots of things, getting involved in everything. And then you have to graduate and use your philosophy mm-hmm. degree and figure out what's next. So what was that path and that trajectory for you in deciding where to go next? So when I, so back up a little bit. So, so in my senior year, I took a class with uh, Dr. Lee and it was, it studied, we studied bioethics and law. So that, that was a big, that was a big like key to unlock some, some things in my brain about, holy smokes, you know, we, we, we started, started with the first case in America. I'm going to get nerdy for a second here, Christy, but I'll bring it back. I promise. Okay. The, 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 the class starts with the first case, Supreme Court case that legalizes contraception for marriage, married couples in the United States. And you can trace virtually every immoral so-called right that we have in the United States back to that one case. And, and the logic in the case is, I think, flawed. Hmm. So from that, you get expanded contraceptive access to uh, unmarried couples. From that, um, we have um, uh, Roe versus Wade, then Casey versus Planned Parenthood. These are the abortion rights cases. And, and it just gets worse. I mean, there are not that you can get worse in abortion, but other, you know, there's sort of a devolution of case law precedent all from that one case law. And I thought, wow, this, like logic really matters. Law mm. really matters. Maybe I can, I can do something, you know, pursuing a law degree. So the, but the first step though, after graduating, cause I wanted a little bit of like, you know, non-academic experience. Uh, I volunteered for a group for a year that was called Generation Life. It's now, um, they kind of split into Generation Life and the Culture Project, or the two names. But it's a chastity education, chastity and pro-life education. So we would go into um, elementary schools, high schools, on college campuses, and teach uh, kids and students uh, the beauty of chastity and how that ties into the pro-life message. So trying to build the culture of life uh, in that small way. And I knew that, you know, this is something I'm passionate about, marriage and family life, life issues, building the culture of life. So when I, pers- I after that, um, I ha- so, that, so that was one year, then I had a year of sort of pursuing my now bride across the country while I was applying to law school. When I applied to law school, I knew that I wanted to, to go to a school that I can get involved in healthcare law because healthcare is such a, it, it's such an ethically sticky area and it's such a place that, that's right for somebody to come in and really build the culture of life. Because any place where there's, there's opportunities for profound beauty and goodness, where, where life is at stake, of course, a devil can come in and, and twist and pervert it. So I wanted to try to use my talents um, there. So, so I did, I went up going to law school. Um, I, I focused on healthcare law specifically hmm. so that I could try to use my talents uh, in those, in those ways. Wow. That's super interesting. And a cool thread that has been through, um, yeah, Franciscan and then after that's really awesome. So what did you find doing healthcare law? What has that been like? So yeah, it's interesting you say it. You, you you put it that way, Christy, because the thread almost unraveled when I so I get to, I get to law school and I'm I'm you know doing the healthcare program and I realized this is totally not what I thought I was signing up for. This is all about like um, you know sort of the world's view of like you know healthcare law. Hmm. Um, even though I was at a Jesuit um, law school, um, 
so I had this sort of, I, I mean, it was cool. It was great. And, and, and it wound up being a blessing. It was sort of like a, like a 11 year tangent to where I thought I was going with okay. healthcare law, but it really gave me under the hood look at, you know, what the, what the regulatory framework looks like. It's very complicated, the healthcare system. So, so getting, getting in the weeds into the belly of the beast, so to speak, and, and understanding the system before I could really, you know, do what I, I thought I was originally going to set out to do, mm-hmm. which is help people in the health system. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, of, uh, you know, I, I worked at some big law firms right after law school representing, you know, large health systems on just like sometimes mundane issues, sometimes like cool and exciting issues, but it's not always at the end of the day, feeling like I was doing the most good. Sometimes, you know, later, later in my career, I was representing a lot of private equity groups in healthcare. And if you know anything about private equity, it's sort of like, it has a reputation for being very cutthroat and, you know, really chasing the dollar. So sometimes it felt like I was just making rich people richer and it wasn't the most edifying. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was interesting. I think God sort of let me, um, let me do that to cut my teeth and, um, build, build up my relationships, build up my understanding of the healthcare system, because I think it, it does, it takes a lot to really get on the inside and understand how the system works and where the pitfalls are and and to, to understand as a lawyer from a lawyer's perspective you know where where are the regulations what do we need to be aware of and how can you navigate this this complex complex system yeah totally i can imagine that you can't just go in as this like idealistic you know new lawyer of like this is how i'm going to fix it and do it all you really have to be in the weeds and see the messy parts that need to be fixed and figure out what the best way to do that would be yeah and i think and some people you know don't get like people could probably, you know, get come right out of law school and like go find a perfect firm that's, you know, doing um, like religious freedom work or something beautiful like that. It, for me, it was good to have almost the opposite experience where you kind of see, not, I want to say the other side, like it's an us versus them, but you know, I had to really uh, push myself to, to, it, it, t- it took a lot of intentional effort to maintain my values at my practice. Mm. Okay. All right. Interesting. So take us to where you are now and where all of that led to, because it's, yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah. So, so recently uh, in, in April of this year, I, I left the law firm life to start a pro-life health insurance company. So if you're familiar with um, health sharing ministry plans, those are something that, you know, they, they, they um, offer products that are values aligned to, to Christians that don't pay for immoral services like abortion, contraception, gender reassignment, surgery, in vitro fertilization, and the list goes on. Um, but they're not actually insurance products, which means they don't legally have to pay for their members' uh, medical bills. And we found, too, in this process, this isn't one of the reasons why we started this, but we found that people have sometimes um, frustration with the administrative piece of, of those where they prefer the, the administrative simpl- uh, simplicity of a, a traditional health insurance product. So I've been very blessed. I live in, I mentioned, you know, I live in San Diego. I guess that was before recording. So I live in San Diego now. I've been blessed with a very, you know, beautiful, vibrant community out here. One of the, one of the guys that uh, we homeschool with is also in the healthcare industry. Um, 
he's an actuary, a pricing actuary, which means like he's, he's behind the scenes, like crunching the numbers, figuring out how much healthcare actually costs, which is mm-hmm. a pretty wild job in this industry. Um, but he, he actually has really unique experience working at this unicorn company that was doing uh, health insurance products outside of the Affordable Care Act. So, Christy, if you remember, the Affordable Care Act passed, one of the most controversial provisions was that it required health insurance companies to pay for contraceptive services, which usually almost virtually always includes abortifacients as sort of a backstop. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been trying, we, we've been, you know, the, the Christian community has been trying to come up with like workarounds and there are all these Supreme Court cases for, have created like little exceptions for, you know, large employers that are faith-based, um, but nobody's actually come out and said, hey, we want to offer a an actual insurance product that doesn't force Christians to pay for these services they they find immoral. So we're trying to do that right now. We we have unique experience given our professional backgrounds to build this product. Um, and we want to make it something beautiful. We want to make it something more than just not paying for abortion, not paying for contraception. We want to pay for holistic care, like care for you know your mind and and your body and your soul. So stuff like um, uh, family family therapy. You know, because we believe families are, are really important if you're trying to really, you know, achieve holistic health, um, behavioral health services we would like to pay for. Um, comprehensive fertility treatment that's in line with Catholic Church teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so things that really build the culture of life, not just don't contribute to the culture of death. Right. Yeah. So be proactive and, yeah, really build that culture of life. That's amazing. So how are you finding it? How is it going? What is the availability or your hopes and dreams of how this will be able to be uh, used and caught on? So it's, it's been a wild ride so far. So I mentioned we left our full-time careers just in April. So we're now in October. So just a few months into it, um, hit a lot of great benchmarks along the way. We're still pre-operational. So we're not, it's not available um, yet. Our, our hope and our dream and what we're on track for at this moment is to sell our first policies in the state of Texas in July of 2024. So folks can folks can sign up for a wait list right now. We have a wait list going. It's been growing just completely organically, which has been beautiful to see. Um, we've had a lot of opportunities to talk to families and see exactly what they want and how this can fit with their needs for their families. Um, we're working with a lot of great just, just, I mean, everybody that's been involved, every call that I've had, Christy, has been with, with you know, folks that are values aligned, that are pro-life. Um, most of our folks are Christian that we're talking to. Our, our company will be a Catholic company, but it's going to be um, available to folks of all, ba- all faith backgrounds. So most of our partners are, are Christian or Catholic. Um, it, it's been wonderful. And, and it's been, I mean, frankly, it's been a complete (laughs) breath of fresh air coming from like a law firm environment, which is very hostile towards conservative religious values Mm. um, for whatever reason. (laughs) Yeah. So can I clarify, is this is the same as like a health share or this is like health insurance that would be different? How would it? Yeah, that's a, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you put your finger on that because maybe I did, I, I didn't articulate it well enough. It, it's health insurance, okay. so it's not health sharing, um, which is a big difference. So 
for a couple of reasons. One, you you know, health health insurance, your your bills are guaranteed to be paid. So if you think of, you know, terrible circumstance where the company declares bankruptcy or goes under for whatever reason, if you're on a health share, you get stuck with those bills. If you're on health insurance, you're backed by the state insurance department. So it's like it's like the FDIC if you ever hmm. you know you're you're doing you're checking accounts with a bank that's FDIC insured. That means if the bank goes under, there's a, a run on the bank, FDIC comes in and they pay, they, they give you your cash. So same with health insurance. There's there's you know there's regulations about how much money we have to have as an insurance company so that we can, you know, ensure that we can, we have the capital to actually pay claims as they come in. That's number one. Number two, we're actually legally required to pay claims as they come in. And number three, we have the backing of, of the state insurance department. So if anything goes wrong, you know, at the end of the day, you you can be sure that your family is not going to be, you know, burdened with all, the, all your outstanding medical debt. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. That is a lot for you guys to yeah, get on the ground and get going before you can have this widespread, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big lift, um, but, you know, we... we we're confident in it. We, we both feel we're both, you know, that my, my co-founder and I uh, discern this and we really feel like, Hey, if God wants this to happen, like nobody, nobody can stop it, mm-hmm. which is, which is beautiful to have, you know, it's a beautiful gift of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really exciting. That's well done. That's a, a very cool pro-life niche uh, to be able to offer families and give that support. Yeah, we're excited about it too. And one piece, one piece too that really excites us, Chrissy. I didn't, I didn't mention initially, but and this might excite us more than anything else is connecting patients with pro-life providers. Because hmm. right now, it's it's kind of hard to find. There's there's not like a there's not a pro-life health insurance option. So you don't have like when you search your network, it doesn't directly connect you to pro-life providers. We like to have that. So our members will be able to rate, review, and recommend providers in their area that they've had good experiences or bad experiences with. Because right now, everybody's doing that, but it, like you, you have to use these back channel like text threads or you know mm-hmm. some kind of messenger app thread. So like my wife is on a thread with all of her homeschool co-op moms, and when they need like uh, what name the specialty, right? Or even just like, you know, non-healthcare stuff. I need a birthday present for a 10-year-old. Anybody have a good idea? I need mm-hmm. a baptism present. Anybody have a good idea? Or I need an OBGYN that will, you know, perform this special kind of service that, you know, I, I'd love to. I'd love them to be Catholic. I'd love them to be pro-life. But like, ultimately, like, I'm looking for a VBAC or like whatever this special circumstance is. Does anybody have a recommendation? So people are going these, they're, they're, they're finding this information through these sort of back channels. And for the first time ever, we'll say, hey, let's put that right into your patient portal so that when you need a provider, you just search our network, you know exactly how much it costs, who's in mm-hmm. network, and what their values are to an extent. Yeah, that's amazing. That will be really, really helpful for people. We think so too. <laughs> that's great. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to see how this can unroll and who will who will latch on to it. Because obviously there's plenty of Catholic institutions and organizations that could be really great to utilize it. Yeah, there's a huge market for it, Christy. And there's just, I mean, to date, unfortunately, nobody's, there just aren't great options. Virtually every everybody who's on health insurance, your your, your premiums are funding 
things that are contradictory to the Catholic faith. Unless you unless you work for a really small percentage of employers that have bent over backwards to take advantage of, of some exclusions. But this isn't available to individuals and small employers right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think, yeah, especially in today's world where people do want to be able to know where my money's going and how it's being used, that will be a great service. It's important. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I so do you have any advice for students or maybe young recent grads who have had maybe some similar dreams or experiences or just kind of thoughts on how this thread has pulled you through and you've taken time to figure out where you're ending up and all of that? Any advice? I, yeah, I mean, be led. I mean, I, there's no way I could have predicted the path the Lord was you know, putting me on. And I, I don't know, like I, I could be screwing it up right now, but like he he's so good and he uses every yes that we give him. So say yes at every opportunity, um, you know, dive in. I think, you know, when you leave Franciscan, I think, you know, the world is sort of before you. Um, and, and when you're in Francis, when you're, when you're attending as a student as well, just, I, you just say yes to, to everything, especially, you know, in, um, Within the confines of the university, there's so many beautiful things to take part of. So right. it's just, it, it can be hard and overwhelming at times. But I do remember, actually, that was that was actually one of my prayers at Franciscan, was just to say, and it's a scary prayer to say, so so don't do not do it lightly. But my <laughs> prayer was just to say, Lord, overwhelm me. And and he would, <laughs> but always in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. And then later, later, I had to modify it to say, like, Lord, overwhelm me. Uh, and give me the grace to to rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it's, that stretches you. Um, and that's, you know, comes along with, again, saying yes, uh, being led. He, the Lord is so faithful. Um, and there are challenges along the way, yes. Uh, but anything, you know, anything good and beautiful, you know, comes with, comes with those. It, it comes with, a, there, there's growth. There's, he's going to stretch you. It's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's always worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I always find it amazing to look back and be like, I never could have planned any of this, but just that one yes at a time helps you to get where you are. And you're like, wow, how, okay. God is good. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And sometimes you'll feel it. it, You you almost want, you you know, be tempted to despair. Um, But just, yeah, every little yes, you know, takes you one step closer. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just hard because you don't know closer to what, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't always know, like, where are we going with this one? Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. But I, I do think, you know, if you're faithful, you just say yes. You know, you don't know where it's going. You yeah. Know, I think he blesses that. Totally, totally. Well, we'll get all of our alumni, all of our listeners to pray for you in this journey. And um, yeah, just yeah. continue that to be grace-filled and see where you can go with it. Yes. Thank you, Chrissy. Yeah. Please pray for us, Presidio Care, and please pray for our families in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, before we go, can I take you back to uh, your campus experience? And I have a couple hot takes from the Hill questions for you. Okay. Um, all right. So you're, the first one, um, when you were a student, who was your favorite professor? The, I, oh, man. That's such a hard one, Chrissy. There's so many great professors. I mean, in the philosophy program, I really love Dr. Crosby. Um, I, I, I loved, uh, I had a professor with, uh, Bob Rice, professor Bob Rice, like that I was able to have like an add on, obviously he's not a philosophy professor, but, 
Um, he was just a wonderful mentor. Um, Professor Cassidy was, was, you know, in Austria. I don't think he's there anymore. Professor Cassidy was, he was Scottish, just like really intense. Mm-hmm. Everything that came out of his mouth was just so profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can name one. Then the, I, I, did, I did the business program as well. We had some wonderful, uh, Professor Rankin, business program, uh, Matternack, Welker. I, I, I loved Christy. My, when I was at Franciscan, I thought I wanted to be a professor for a while mm. because I loved my professor so much. And I'll add this. When I was at law school, I was like, no way. This is, this seems awful. So I think it's a really testament to mm. how faithful professors of, you know, at, at Franciscan are. Yeah. I had a math professor. I wasn't a math major. I had a math professor in the middle of a lesson. He, oh, Bessler. Bessler was biology. He was such a beautiful. <laughs> that I had a math professor that in the middle of the lesson, he just like totally interrupted himself. He's like, isn't it this amazing that God created such order in the universe? How could you not believe in a God? Mm. And I was like, wow, this guy's a math teacher and he's just singing the praises of God. In right. math. Maybe to the math majors, that's obvious and apparent, but <laughs> it wasn't to me. I thought that was such a beautiful testament. Yeah. Anyway, I don't have a one. <laughs> I can't name one single favorite professor. The whole faculty list. There we go. <laughs> what about a favorite class? You kind of mentioned a little bit. I love, oh, actually, gosh, I was going to say I loved, um, it was like Platonic philosophy or Plato with Dr. Crosby, but um, now I'm thinking too about embryology with Dr. Bessler was really special too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of great classes as well. You had a pretty diverse course load there. I don't know why. I yeah, I was maybe I had like a minimum. Maybe I needed like a biology. I don't know. <laughs> I also I did I had the I wanted to just soak it all up at Franciscan. Mm-hmm. I, I did try to get my hands into everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, did you have a favorite place to study as a student? This is not going to be this. I don't have a good answer for this, Christy. Honestly, so I lived I lived um, off campus in like the downtown projects my senior year, and I remember loving studying in my just in my room, <laughs> listening to like the train go by, you know, Virginia, or maybe we were right next to like the bridge that crosses the river. Yep. I was just it was just peaceful. Uh, being down there <laughs> okay I, I wasn't the kind of guy I was too social like to, I couldn't go to like the library I would get distracted mm-hmm. yep yep fair enough all right what about your favorite campus activity as a student sounds like you were involved in a lot I don't know if this counts but I, I have recently been recollecting um, a resurrection party so we, we got to I got to be in a couple of bands that played a the resurrection party. So for those who haven't attended, it's like there's like midnight mass and like for Easter and I'm sorry, it's not it's it's like the Easter vigil mass. I think it winds up being at midnight mm-hmm. maybe. And they bat like they actually have some baptisms even at Franciscan. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that alone is amazing because it's like you go to a regular baptism, like not at Franciscan, and people are like, Yay, that's great. <laughs> You go to you go to the, the Baptist of Franciscan people are like like they just won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like like yeah, this is all like everybody's going wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the auditorium because it's the only place it could accommodate the, you know, the the uh congregation. And then at the a- after mass, 
is a resurrection party. And the same thing, it's just like, you know, it's, it's kind of like going to a wedding, where, mm-hmm. like a beautiful Catholic wedding, where it's just like you have such a beautiful reason to celebrate. And everybody's there for a good reason. And it's like, it's completely, like the resurrection party was, I think, completely secular. Like, it's just like, we're just playing music and mm-hmm. people are dancing. Just a party. Wild surfing and there's a party. <laughs> but it's like, but we had a beautiful reason to celebrate. And it just made, it made all the difference. It was, it was a blast. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Does that count as a student activity, Christy? Or am I, is that Totally. Awesome? Yeah. I think everybody should experience the resurrection party at Franciscan. Like outsiders, everybody should come. It's a party. It, it, well, yeah. That's a good, yeah. I mean. I almost went through Franciscan without having done one, which mm. was kind of unfortunate. Cause I, and I think people go home for Easter, so it sort of makes sense. But to anybody listening who is a student and is on the fence or has still opportunities to do that, I, I would highly recommend doing the Easter Vigil Mass at Franciscan. I've never experienced anything like it since then. Yeah. Um, and it was just a beautiful experience. Yep, that's awesome. Very good. And finally, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place? Um, this is a hard, I don't, I don't have like a weird one off, but I will say this, the Franciscan alum I've run into everywhere. Uh, and that's, I think part, a part of the beauty of Franciscan is it's, it's unique draw really gets people from like all over the world. So any place I've lived since, since Franciscan, I've lived in Philadelphia, Omaha, uh, Chicago and now San Diego there there's alum there. We've had alumni friends in each one of those locations everywhere I go. It's fun. Like if you're going to a Catholic event, good chance you'll see a Franciscan grad there. And then, and then I'll say this too, like on a broader level. Um, so having done law school, you know, I've been, I've been in a lot of environments where I'm alongside of people from top tier Ivy league schools and for the past eight years, it's been a little bit, um, it's been eye-opening to me to see like, oh, this is why like people push their kids so hard to go to like the Harvards and Notre Dames and UCLA's and whatever, because you, you're like a shoe-in for all these different really prestigious professional jobs. And like Franciscan's a wonderful school, but it doesn't quite have the clout of, you know, Harvard. Um, sorry if that's a surprise to anybody listening <laughs> to the podcast. Um, so it was interesting to, to me, like, kinda, I kind of felt like I had, like, elbow my way up, you know, the ladder and sort of make a name for myself. And then coming back into, like, the, the pro-life Catholic networking world, the network is unbelievable. Um, so I sort of, like, departed that network and, like, like kind of ostracized myself in a sense to pursue my professional goals. And now that I'm back in sort of the Catholic world, the Franciscan network is just unbelievable and opened up incredible doors for me um, that I previously was, was just completely oblivious to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Christy, before we started recording, I mentioned like going to, I just went to a professional conference in New York for principal entrepreneurship, which was largely Catholics and, you know, bumped into some alumni there mm-hmm. um, and was able to make connections to people who aren't alumni and, you know, who are going to be really wonderful for, our business through alumni connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really beautiful to see. I mean, I just, this is the last thing. Cause I know this is a lot, I get, I'm giving you a lot of long winded answers to short questions. <laughs> um, I, my, I think one of my, I always tell people like one of my favorite parts about Franciscan is, is the fact that the people love the Lord so much and are so faithful. 
I felt like when we graduated, it's like you get a front row seat to watching God's plan unfold because you're seeing so many beautiful ministries take shape. And I think for the same reason, it's just, it's, you know, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is how this is, you know, getting back into, you know, trying to serve the Lord directly with my career. I'm sort of stepping back into that network of people who are faithful and, and just trying to respond with yes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you totally nailed it because there's obviously something about the Ivy Leagues and just like what people know about it. But then the network that we have with each other and whether it's hiring other Franciscan alums or seeing the benefit and helping them and wanting to see our other alumni succeed and do the best that we can. There is a very strong network out there, which yeah. is amazing. Yes. And, and it's not just youth ministers, I would add. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that was my, I, and I say that sort of jokingly, but that was like sort of my perception when I was in, in undergrad. Right. Uh, yeah. People were really, really amazing things. Yeah. Um, no, there's, but, there's this one uh, business that Father Dave tells a story all the time of they hired a Franciscan grad in from like the 80s, one of his, like an 80s um, alumni. And ever since then, they've just been hiring all these Franciscan grads for their business. And so the head of the company is like, if you hire one Franciscan grad, you're going to hire all their friends and they're going to work really hard and they're going to be great. And they support each other and have this great, you know, community within each other. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of people who have shared, you know, values that are that are aligned, I think, with reality. Um, and more so, and they're willing to make sacrifices, and they're, they're living for something greater. Mm-hmm. So I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're back in that network and are able to uh, experience that and continue to help and serve our community and, yeah, the greater Catholic and pro-life community. Me too. I'm. It's good to be back. Yeah, <laughs> that's so exciting. Well, thank you for so much for sharing all of this, and we will keep you in your company in our prayers and hopefully see all the wonderful opportunities that are to come. Thanks so much, Christy. All right. Thank you. Do you know an alumni with a story to tell? We want to share legends from the entire university history and would love your suggestions. Email us at alumni at franciscan.edu. And I'll be back here in two weeks with a new conversation you won't want to miss.